0: If they can't understand you, and they're not listening. You know who you are, don't you? Your buddy from Belfast, where everybody knows you. Hey, buddy!
1: You're my- and we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike. One co-host, also Mike. In a moment, as we have for you, a good old-fashioned Oscar's profile. Uh, I, 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 This is like my third take doing this because I keep calling this episode the wrong name, but we have a g- honest-to-goodness Oscars profile for a honest-to-goodness Oscars frontrunner right now, arguably the biggest movie we've reviewed at this point in
0: the year, Belfast, Michael. And let me tell you something, Michael. uh, You don't know shit from Shamrock, you fucking idiot. Oh my God, what a performance by you. (laughs) I I apologize in advance. I'm going to probably use uh, my Irish accent, and it always is going to sound absurd. And I just, I won't be able to stop myself uh, this entire episode. But this is like a throwback episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar, where one of us loves a movie. The other one really does not. And of course it has to be it has to be the best picture frontrunner. of course it is.
1: I It's not that I really don't like it. It's just that I'm the only one that properly sees these movies for what they are and everyone else is wrong at all times. That's all it is.
0: I'm just I'm really shocked, I'm shocked of all the movies. To get on top of this movie, it's- Michael? Like, every old person is just in there sobbing tears of joy. Yeah.
1: no, literally. That's part of my review that we're going to talk about. You're absolutely right, and that's part of the reason I know this is going to win Best Picture. But, yeah, it's just... I don't know,
0: man. I I want to love this. Everybody else gets to love it. Why can't I? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. I loved it. I saw it three times. One, two, three. Loved it every time. I took also mom. Uh, this my second viewing. We loved it together. And she and she did the you know the the right immediately after the movie. She did the thing where she's like, "That was great." <laughs> yeah. Just, like, what are you gonna? I, I, don't, I don't understand. Like, did you see it, like, after you went to the dentist? Did you see it after... Who hurt you
1: is what I really need to Mom, know. Mom, Mom, one, loved it, too. I went with her, and she was, like, in tears, and I
0: just felt nothing. What <laughs> former Irish Shakespearean actor hurt you in a past life?
1: I, I don't know, man. I feel... I'm going to reference Parasite a bunch throughout this, so... uh <laughs> Get ready, but that that's where we stand. If you've not joined us before for an Oscars profile, you're getting two reviews for the price of one. Uh, as much as we are going to review Belfast, we will not spoil it in the first half of this episode. Uh, the first half is going to be encompassed by our Oscars lens. We're going to keep the awards perspective on it as we talk about the performances, the box office, the plot premise, etc., etc. You'll have a spoiler warning, and then the second half of this episode will go through the plot, the ins and outs, the twists and turns, and all spoilers. So if you've not seen Belfast yet, don't worry. Spoiler free from this point out, let's start talking about it, Mike, and it's already been a serious awards player.
0: Yeah, it already has an awards resume, uh, including major film festival awards, including the Audience Award, the Grosch Award at the Toronto International Film Festival. Mm. It won at Heartland, Middleburg, Mill Valley, Montclair, and Newport Beach. We covered a few Oscar race checkpoints ago how Van Morrison received that best original song nod at the HMMAs, Mm. and the film at large receives 11 Nominations at the bifas the British Independent Film Awards. Critical reception, also great. Critically, Belfast has an 82 meta score, 88% on Rotten Tomatoes via 173 reviews. Audiences, also very high on it 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 1.7K votes. Not a lot of votes for these. And and the Rotten Tomatoes audience score is 91%, but only on 250 verified ratings. Mm. Again, just throwing me for a loop, but the scores are high. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know how to read those audience ratings well it goes with whatever's been
1: thrown out there on film twitter too everybody is absolutely in love with this movie and uh, the awards resume shows it the uh, the scores like you said show it box office receipts are even pretty high for uh, this type of movie in this year anyway as this mm-hmm. Belfast has pulled in 1.79 million at 580 theaters this past opening weekend so for comparison's sake Spencer pulled in 2 million dollars at a thousand theaters Tammy Faye did 480k on six 600- hundred screen so this movie, Belfast right now, is doing just over $3,000 per screen thus far, $3,067. That's a better average than its contemporaries, such as Spencer, which averaged about 2100 per screen. Last night in Soho, 1385 per screen. Lamb was 1715 per screen, and Tammy Faye came in at $1,449 per screen on average. But Mass, actually, was a better per screen average. That did better than 3300 per screen, just to kind of give you the perspective. But all these numbers, obviously, pale hell. And and when we're talking about per screen average to what something like Parasite did a couple years ago, which raked in over one hundred and thirty thousand dollars per screen, which was the average per screen
0: record for an independent film platform release. That is an enormous number, yeah. and that is uh, that is something that w- was you know they had screenings throughout the day at those few independent theaters, mm-hmm. so it was like you know literally every hour on the right. hour, every half hour, even they were just they they made so much printing money in money. New York, yep. great great job by them. All right, plot premise. Plot premise or prop premise uh, of uh, Belfast reads on IMDb, a young boy and his working class family experience the tumultuous late, tumultuous late 1960s. I can't speak for some reason, but there's also a Wikipedia premise that I thought was better, Michael. Mm-hmm. A, autobica- Those are a words semi-autobiographical and film. There yeah. you go. Uh, Just onomatopoeia coming out of my mouth right now. (laughs) Uh, A semi-autobiographical film which chronicles the life of a working class family and their young son's childhood during the Troubles in Belfast, uh, Northern Ireland from August 1969 to early 1970.
1: Yeah, and if you couldn't tell where we might stand at this point or by the opening on this movie, uh, you have one mic which is enriching the synopsis by adding in Wikipedia's And then you have the other, Mike, which is already downplaying the box office success of this. So that's kind of, there's a little insight into how mainstream media lies and manipulates facts and figures for you to give
0: you their message. (laughs) I am the mainstream media in this instance? I think we both are. Okay, we're both examples of how journalism is also damning the nation and the the populace at large. Okay, Mike, expectations. I think we got to talk about our expectations on this one. I thought it... I mean, we knew it was the best picture frontrunner. It has to taint our viewing experience. So I think my biggest curiosity in talking to you right now is where actually do you lean? Do you you like parts of this movie or you just hate this movie? Or do you dislike this movie just because it's the Oscar frontrunner or does that really... I mean, how biased can you be on this one? Because I again I don't understand. Like how do you how do you go walk into this adorable film? Well it's, it is. To that's, me it's adorable.
1: That's what it is. It's absolutely adorable. I like this
0: movie. It was fine. Mm-hmm. But it's fine. Like I don't It's like there's getting mad at a puppy. Like uh, the beautiful little adorable puppy. How do you get mad train. at a puppy? I, I like
1: I don't why can't things just be fine? Why, don't why, you
0: like puppies?
1: Why do why do, why do like millions of moviegoers every year have to suffer the fate of like liking something that doesn't rise to the standard of academy greatness but pundits critics and 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 you know the academy in general if they find something charming it's got to be
0: oscar worthy
1: it's fine it's, gotta, it's a good not movie. only
0: oscar worthy oscar winning that's
1: what i mean like i don't i just don't see it. it's a perfectly inoffensive movie that i think like subjectively i will never see again or think about after this
0: episode so you're saying you do like children and puppies again? I'm just trying to right, play this yeah. mainstream I, it's, it's media. A good,
1: it's a good movie. <laughs> it's v- perfectly well done. It's polished. It's high. It's entertaining. But I, I left the theater. I was like, okay, I just that was that was a movie.
0: <laughs> so you have an Irish mother, and you have that, that. Must have meant you had a more Irish grandmother, grandfather.
1: Uh, gra- yeah, grandmothers, and that's how I know. Like, I know this is winning best picture because of that like i'm I'm, i'll say that here and now both for shock value and point of emphasis on how my personal viewing experience went because i saw this with my irish mother Mm uh who i think she's half irish but we were in a theater of like maybe 10 to 12 other people all senior citizens all presumably Irish because everybody was so melancholy and affected by this movie and crying. And there was like emotion. My mother was in tears talking about her family. Some old lady, as I was waiting by the restroom for my mom was talking to me about how well she thought the movie was. And she thought it was a great film and a great story. This movie does have massive appeal, particularly I would say to the older white generation. And we know the sway that sect still has within the academy i think it's curious because it's a biopic i'll let this slide but it's at least worth mentioning it's a little bit crazy to me that the film getting all the praise and love in the world and the one leading the oscars race and everyone wants it to win best picture at this point it's a little nuts that it's a movie that has somehow less diversity than this podcast does
0: Look, it's an Irish movie.
1: <laughs> I get it. I get it. It's just I just wanted to mention it. That's all.
0: Yeah, the mass is you know for white people mm-hmm. as well, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of these movies are. <laughs> Look, I get what you're saying. It it, it matters. Mm-hmm. I, I, I in a serious way, of course, it does matter. And uh, I want I wonder how far this movie can go. I do. I really do. I I wonder like you. Is it going to be a frontrunner that we've seen in the past, like A Star Is Born, get out front, like The Irishman, get out, have a moment, mm-hmm. and then fall back? I mean, we've seen festival favorites come out early, like Jojo Rabbit, for instance. Yeah. Or, you know, we've seen those audience crowd pleasers, which I do think this is. I agree. You know, lose to an art film at the end of the day, lose to a, a, a an issue movie at the end of the day. So that is definitely something that's going to filter a lot of our speak throughout this review and you know again non-spoiler wise uh i i do think the authenticity of where kenneth branagh comes from you know his career is built on this experience he has mentioned the pandemic throughout every interview Mm -hmm. as what sparked when when the lockdown happened that sparked his writing muscles because he thought back to the day where he kind of had a corn a lockdown in in Belfast because sure. of the onset of the troubles. So this is a man who's, I think this is 18th feature film. Uh, so he's been batting around the Academy for a while. He's paid his dues. He has five Academy award nominations and multiple roles to Oscar noms for acting. He was a sporting, Nom in My Week with Marilyn. He was a lead nom in Henry V. He got his Best Director nod there as well. He's also been nominated for a short film, 1992, and an adapted screenplay for his Hamlet adaptation in 97. Mike, we've covered Branagh's work in Tenet, Murder on the Orient Express, Dunkirk and Thor. Mm. Plus, he's set in in this like golden age for Best Picture nominees and winners, Mike. Recent movies set in 1969... The Trial of the Chicago Seven, Judas and the Black Messiah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Detroit, First Man, and Judy—movies we've had to re- we've reviewed on this podcast—and then you can go back to movies set in 1969: Apollo 13, Blow, Awakenings, Austin Powers: of The Spy Who Shagged Me—all all these Oscar important Oscar winners. Yes, <laughs> Get on Up and Here advice, JFK. On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which we reviewed in the Bond series. I mean, these this is a great time for movie settings. I wonder why that is too. Like, I we I understand the Age of Innocence, the last time America
1: like felt free, and then the the free love era and all that. But like, what specifically is making people in twenty you know the twenty tens and twenty twenties look back at that era all the time now? That's it's a fascinating case study i guess because what
0: about that number gets people's attention no i had a bunch of horny harlots in hollywood i'll tell you a lot a lot of things went down in 1969 against i guess so uh no it's a fascinating setting and i i think the numbers and the pundits are behind this movie and it you know it, it has to do with Kenneth Branagh's campaigning right now, it has to do with the fact that Everlasting Love is something Janie Dornan gets behind the microphone and sings beautiful it's, I mean, this is this is
1: probably the most charming movie we're gonna get this year I, compl- I, 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 I totally get it I get it, I get the love I understand it, I just think you're all being fooled <laughs> But in terms of who's being fooled, this is right now clearly all fools.
0: By the way, the, the yeah. prefer <laughs> I want that on the record. No obviously, prerequisite. These, all of these fools. <laughs> these are people who we based, we, we have have on and we love and we
1: respect. I just I'm in the minority and I'm used to being in the minority on these things. The most it's
0: hallowed names on MMO. I'm here, such a here they self-loathing are. Self loathing, like
1: I can't. I want to like this movie, but here we go. All right, where does this movie stand right now in terms of the Best Picture race? It's first on Clayton Davis and Jack. Tanke, a of Variety's awards circuit list. It's first with Peter Travers of Rolling Stone, Eric Anderson of Awards Watch, Eric Davis of Fandango, and Sasha Stone of Awards Daily. It's first right now in Next Best Picture's combined best picture rankings. It's second right now in the Feinberg forecast. I knew I liked Scotty. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's second in Gold Derby's
0: combined rankings. It sits third right now with Miss Ann Thompson of IndieWire. So that's Best Picture. Best Director, Kenneth Branagh, is first on Feinberg with Clayton and NBP and Awards Watch. Uh, His direction is second on Gold Derby's combined rankings there. His original screenplay, Kenneth Branagh's original screenplay, is first on the forecast. It's second with NBP, Clayton, and Gold Derby. Michael, this composition is not exactly what I expected. No. Even though I do think it plays like a lot of Best picture winners, best screenplay winners. It plays like a lot of charming crowd pleasers that have gone on to win best picture, which is why your radar is so up here. Mm -hmm. But we get polar opposite scenes back to back. This is a fairly jarring script where you get this idyllic communal setting that explodes immediately in one of the first few scenes into a deep-seated civil unrest riot. Yeah, And that is not a juxtaposition we typically get. You get scenes of a loving family and then menacing, whether it's, you know, thugs and gangsters in the community, threatening them, or it's uh, these hyperbolic, sarcastic, you know, uh, satirical scenes of religion or education I mean, you get these grandparents speaking only in platitudes, but they conflict each other, which is kind of adorable, <laughs> mm-hmm. reminded me of my grandparents. But then you get the parents who are just arguing one reality of their, whether it's finances or their living situation after another, and they're, they can't see the forest through the trees. So the police state versus... You know this this POV of the child's experience. We're seeing everything through Jude Hill's buddy, sure. little Kenny character there, Kenneth Branagh as an <laughs> eight year old, nine year old child. I we're, you we're seeing it through South his Park eyes for
1: a second there with Kenny. Um, little
0: Kenny. <laughs> you, no, we are. And it
1: that's how this this serious subject manages to stay lighthearted enough. And it does well to stay within that childlike perspective of the buddy character. Uh, there is is this extremely serious backdrop of Civil War bubbling to the surface. But because the movie is presented through this little kid's POV, it makes tonal sense that something as upbeat as Everlasting Love can play in crucial scenes and in the trailer itself. And again, I understand... The hype for this film as an awards player, especially in the big three categories of film director and screenplay, people want to feel good about anything in the world right now. Uh, the script and direction give everyone a movie to feel that way about. Is feeling good about a charming movie enough to justify this runaway best picture leader and have it be a wire to wire winner like Nomadland was last year? I I don't know. Like, Can't things just be good and fine anymore?
0: I'm with you that this is as manipulative. Yeah, it is a screenplay. Like it's shamelessly manipulative in the sense that we get these polar extremities. But doesn't
1: doesn't that take away from? Well, they're sugarcoating. It's, they're but sug- that's what I mean. It's so blatant- idyllic. It's so idyllic, and so I think that takes away from like having
0: well-rounded characters. And and here's know, I... well here. Okay, here's where I kind of we're getting into performances in a second. But I kind of love that we understand the POV going in. We understand that it's, you know, we see Belfast and then we look back to the black and white. We understand that this is coming from Kenneth Branagh's remembrances. And I've heard a lot of critics talk about it. it's not a movie about a time. It's a movie about someone remembering that time. Right. And it, Which is unique. From and literally childhood it's, wonder. I, I think yeah. that deserves credit for Degree of Difficulty because he does pull that off. So you do get these, you know. I, I don't know. Coming from a bipolar family of whatever lunatic Irish Italian ancestry that I do come from, but that's I, this feels like home to me. I'm, that's all I'm saying. Like these feel like my grandparents. These, you know, I remember <laughs> a lot of you know similar feelings when I look back at my own childhood. Even though it's not as rife with uh, serious, you know, worldwide, you know, world shaking civil war kind of events, right? Like this.
1: I, I, but don't you look back when you think about your family, don't you look back and see some of the dark times, too, that your are fam- like, I feel like this is so not to say they don't show dark times, but I don't think they show dark times within the individual characters of this movie. I think that's a failing of the screenplay. I don't think these characters
0: are very well rounded. I don't think they go through progression arcs. I mean, I understand I think the performances are layered, though, and I think we we understand that we're taking it from a child's perspective. And even – like almost every scene, like even if it's in the parents I, – I I watched it on my third time and I kind of kept kept track, Mike. Mm-hmm. And there's only two scenes in this that you can argue Buddy is Buddy not – Buddy isn't the, the, the POV. Right. So – and there's one scene with the grandparents and there's one scene with the parents. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the kid is interjecting himself or eavesdropping. Like he'll – like you'll see a scene with the parents and then he'll show up around right. the corner so you know he was paying attention. So that's the thing. Like if it's from the child's perspective – there is that coating of sadness behind the eyes there. You could tell through all these performances that they are speaking to a child and they're trying to bright side it for that child. So I guess we could start with Jude Hill. He His performance is next level for a child actor. It's been a great year of child acting performance. Millicent Simmons, mm-hmm. Woody Norman, uh, Ryan Sarlacc of Hit the Road that I just watched and loved, by the way. Uh, we're about to see Sunia Sidney and Michaela Lasha Bartholomew as the Williams sisters, Michael. Yep. We've had we've been spoiled with child acting performances. And, and Jude's is fifth on the Feinberg forecast, so he's in the conversation. He's 13th on award circuit, 24th on gold derby. He's outside of many other people's top tens. But you got the biggest name in the business and the Hollywood Reporter there saying he's he's in the conversation for best actor.
1: Uh, I don't see him as a best actor contender, but short of that, I share everything you just said about his performance and about the child acting performances we've had this year in general, probably with a little more
0: vitriol, but I, I agree with your sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with you on that regard. I think his performance is extraordinary, and I think the fact that we get... Things through his perspective were even more empathetic towards him and mm-hmm. his character, and I, I think Kenneth Branagh listening to him interviewing how advanced this kid is as an actor and how it's really good. You know, it's a really good. Whole, it's a really good performance. The whole cast is able to go back and forth with him, like he's going toe to toe with Judy Dench and Kieran Hines, yeah, and Katrina Balf and Jamie. And maybe God, that's where kid. the
1: awards credit comes from. Maybe that's right. how
0: people are viewing it. But, I, you know, I would I would agree with you. I think the names he's got to go against, like, is he going to get nominated over Denzel Washington? <laughs> come on. Uh, he shouldn't be, in my Denzel's opinion. Denzel's cried enough at the Oscars. Can we just get him? <laughs> <like>, just... <laughs> he's terrific, but more than Joaquin Phoenix and come yeah. on, come on. Like, that's who he's, you know, going to be tussling with for that fifth nom or that fifth spot mm-hmm. there. So I would agree. Uh, I would agree he's probably on the outside looking in. Where the acting credit has gone though lately is Katrina Balfe mm-hmm. uh, she is ma she is Francis Branagh you know we've reviewed her and Ford v Ferrari my mother is a lifelong foam finger in the air waving fan fanatic from Outlander she is number one on the Feinberg forecast next best picture awards watch all those lists she's fourth on gold derby's combined rankings which I wonder if those combined rankings are slightly tinged with the fact that people hadn't seen it yet because they include their Their uh, user reviews as well, but huge scenes. That bus scene, a biggie. Talk about cracking the veneer acting. That I need a new phrase for. She's got the big scene at the end. She's got scenes where she's the 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 most charming character ever. The she's the most beautiful. You know, I don't want to use a crude term, but she's she's beautiful. Her and Jamie Dorman are like the king and queen of the milf and filth (laughs) prom night. (laughs) Of our dreams. I think,
1: that was a, I think that was a themed party I threw in college. Uh <laughs> y- look, here's here's the bone I'll throw to everyone. I have no problem with Katrina Balf being there on Oscar Sunday. Absolutely none. Especially in the wide open minefield that both supporting categories are currently shaping up to be. She's yeah. in this movie, she's the pillar of strength for the family. She's the voice of reason and resistance. She's the beloved matriarch, even if again, I think the screenplay goes a little too overboard in making sure you know that's how she's viewed by every character within the Belfast universe. But that's mm-hmm. fine. I, 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 I'm fine with this performance being considered in the Oscars race and being a top five right now and being a
0: nominee. I no problem. She's got to do battle with Dame Judi Dench, though, mm-hmm. as Granny, as uh, seven Oscar nominations, one Oscar win from Shakespeare in Love. She's fourth on Feinberg, seventh on Gold Derby, tenth next, next best picture. Does Judy Dench eat into her votes? Is this a vote sharing situation? So that's the thing. Like, we're, we're stacking up Ann Dowd or Martha Plimpton, Kirsten Dunst, Ruth Nega, Anjanou Ellis, and even, you know, the, the musical performances, Ariana DeBose, mm-hmm. Olga Meredith's. You know, how do we factor those into this mix? Supporting actresses still very much wide open, in my opinion. So. Where does she land at the end of the day, especially if you consider vote sharing? I don't know. Okay, look, <laughs> I love Dame Judy Dench,
1: but this is a microcosm of the larger issue I have with the love this movie is getting. <laughs> all of these performances are pleasant. They all are. They're absolutely pleasant to watch. And here, they're joyful, they're pretty, they're charming. Billions of adjectives, right? Billions of adjectives have been created on the backs of needing to come up with positive affirmations and feedback with which to assign the characters in Belfast.
0: Not to mention, Mike, she is my grandfather. She reminds me of my grandfather, everybody's grandmother or grandfather, the one that really kind of controls the room. She's the matriarch right. of this family. Right. Yeah, so just you know, just be easy. I couldn't step, agree good. more with what you're saying. <laughs>
1: But I need to be convinced heavily <laughs> as to why those things make this performance, and, and, and the Kieran Hines performance, honestly, Oscars worthy. Like, you can like things without thinking they're Oscars level. This performance, like most of the performances in the movie, is really good. I want Judy Dench as my own grandmother. I take Kieran Hines as my grandpa, and I soak in their wisdom, no matter how contradictory it is, for hours. But yeah. you said platitudes before, and what they speak in charming platitudes now equal Oscars frontrunners. Like, what are we? Can't there be a difference between boy, that was charming and pleasant, and that's a top five performance, supporting performance of the year? I honestly and genuinely think if you stacked the two supporting uh, in in, in Judy Dench and mm-hmm. Kieran Hines and the lead actor if you stacked all the nominees from those three categories of the last five to ten years, I, you can't tell me you're taking any of the those three performances from this movie over the nominees we've had. These aren't the nominate them in every single year type of performances with those three. I'm, I'm, I'm not like, I don't know any other way to put it. I'm not trying to be so negative. I just don't know how else to put it. I don't think this
0: is awards worthy. I don't disagree with you in this sense. I think we've had a lot of category fraud to Be honest. I think we've had a lot of you know co-leads in the supporting categories of you know since we started the podcast. Now we also did some retrospectives when we began this journey at Mike, Mike and Oscar, and this these two performances remind me of the Alan Arkin performances we were reviewing. Just charming characters, Mm -hmm. overflowing with likability and empathy and sympathy that we cannot resist both of them kieran hines and judy dench uh to the point where you know the, my emotional connection to this film hinges on this child asking you know major things of his grandparents and uh, the bus scene the, another bus scene with judy dench where she just looks into the window and goes
1: and i'm afraid that's she,
0: that's beautiful what, that's what people want like i, I understand the emotion Remember when we
1: reviewed Lady Bird a couple of years ago and my when Laurie Metcalf was getting all the praise in the world, my take was, well, isn't she just being a mother in this sense? So, Laurie
0: and- Metcalf also has like a a film's worth of Eugene O'Neill dialogue, well, <laughs> and but that's, you know, that's Tennessee I, Williams dialogue. That's kind that's of that 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 that's kind of my era.
1: point. Like she, you, you get so much more of a well-rounded character in those. I, there's nothing wrong with the idyllic grandparent,
0: the idyllic grandmother, the the you know the heart of the movie. But I, th- I'm gonna draw more dimensions to them because I was okay. able to study them. Okay, I I, th- I think they're there. Do they go that deep? Are you wrong? No, I'm not gonna like get mad at you or anything but i do think there are more dimensions like i have a whole joke set up here from
1: 2006 about denny green when he's given the press (laughs) conference in the car like judy dench is who we think she is you know like the bears are who we thought they were which is great and i would love to be a member of her family but she's just i don't know i don't think I, i
0: i need to be convinced as to why it's oscars worthy so i'm looking forward to what you have to say I'll tease it for for spoilers, but let's let's go down the rest of the punditry for Kieran Hines and Jamie Dornan because different pundits have them atop their boards. Uh, Kieran Hines is first on Variety's awards circuit and next best picture. He's second on the forecast. He's third on awards watch and fifth in gold derby. So Kieran Hines, to me, seems like, you know, undeniable right now according to the punditry and jamie dornan as pa as william branagh as kenneth branagh's father character the same dude from the 50 shades of gray films barb and star stars singing in the sand <laughs> uh, private war wild mountain time i loved them in both of those movies jamie friggin dornan is first on the scott feinberg thr feinberg forecast right now he's third on award circuit So I would say like even more than supporting actress, it's going to be hard to deny both of these supporting actors in that category, especially when it's so wide open. And so many people have talked about these two guys as perhaps the most solid in this category right now. So, yeah, just like the Alan Alda, Alan Arkin (laughs) performance from from Kieran Hines and then Jamie Dornan. Is like the assist man of the year. I felt like I he like K- Katrina Balth is going off on him, and he's got the reactions to her. Uh, he's got great reactions to his son Jude Hill, and then he does have a couple of showcase scenes where he's, you know, the you know, the twinkle of an eye or something where he's got to deal with you know a thug or a gangster in the neighborhood. I I, lo- I loved his performance too. Again, I'm probably with you. Like they're not as showy, and they're certainly not as screen time heavy as some previous supporting yeah. actor winners that we've discussed
1: and but even comparing them apples to apples to kieran hines and judy dench the the katrina balf and jamie norton like again i as wide open as those categories are especially supporting actor right now more so than actress but that's if you're gonna pick performances i don't understand how you would pick the grandparent roles over the parent roles I just don't I just don't see it and I would have no problem with Jamie Dornan being there on Oscar Sunday either I get my it.
0: papa my my red-haired haired Irish na- nana they remind remind my people are gonna have that I, I get it I get it I just don't I think that's a bad reason to I'm not saying it's, I'm proud of myself, (laughs) but I'm saying like, I love these people. I love their characters. I love the memories I have of my grandparents. I mean, they were that dynamic that they have just reversed the gender roles. That's my grandparents. And I remember being a kid like that, having conversations like that with my, you know, my Irish grandma. It's, it's really, it really does bring back a lot of memory. And I don't know if that's universal thing where this is like a universal. I think that's gotta be be part of it the relatability aspect i'm sure that has to be part i can tie in the legacy
1: thing and you know who doesn't want to see judy dench and karen hines be on an oscar stage i'm sure that's
0: all alan arkin is just saying what every old hollywood producer ever said (laughs) in that one movie that one best picture and then he went or he gets nominated right he he didn't win for that one but anyway i just it so you got to go back a little bit for that trend, but it it is there in Academy history. We do want to shout out the rest of this ensemble. Louis McCaskey is Brother Will. Mm -hmm. Laura McConnell is Cousin Moira. I don't get why she's not getting more awards respect, to be honest. I thought she was great in that role. I hope she gets cast in a million things after this. Moira, Laura McConnell did a great job. I mean, we're also spoiled. There's an abundance of character actor riches here. Michael Maloney is Frankie West. Mm -hmm. He's the rep at the Barricades. He is in like all of uh, Kenneth Branagh's Shakespearean adaptations. I love him. He played, I believe he played Laertes in The Hamlet. Terrific actor, Michael Maloney. Colin Morgan, he's been in a lot of uh, uh, productions across the pond there. He's the bad guy, Billy Clanton in this, Mm -hmm. uh, which I I thought he did a nice job as well. Agree, agree. And that's what I mean. Like there's,
1: I I get the love. This is chock full of, of good performances, but I draw the line at saying they are for the most part Quote unquote, just
0: good performances, but I'm in the minority. I get it. Well, you have very high standards, and uh, <laughs> the standards are also very specific. But okay, let's talk about production values because I do think there are some superlatives to be said. Una ni Ganila, I believe that is the pronunciation. Good for you. I had to go back to her BAFTA winning speech where she was announced, and I'm pronouncing it like the BAFTAs dis- did, but the editor, Una ni Ganila, on This film, Belfast, was from The Crown, Stan and Ollie, Death on a Nile. She won twice at the Baptist for Ripper Street and White Girl. Uh, She's first on Variety's award circuit, second on Gold Derby, second on Next Best Picture and Awards Watch. The editing of this film, Michael, is smooth. It's musical. Mm -hmm. It's just, if anything feels like Oscar-level or Oscar-familiar work, it's the editing, like these scenes somehow as jarring as they can be, they blend so well. And I just thought she did a beautiful job of mixing all of these scenes in a 98 minute uh composition.
1: I agree, Uh actually wholeheartedly. And if this were to be nominated in editing again, I would have no problem. I'm not saying this doesn't rise to Oscars level in some aspects. I just don't think it's the, you know, seven to ten nomination powerhouse that this is shaping up to be. But yeah, everything you look at is absolutely pleasant in this movie. It's polished. It's clean. It's a quick watch. It's an efficient watch. The editing is superb. I agree. I even say, I think the cinematography, I don't think the cinematography is like drop, draw anything spectacular, especially when you compare it to something like, you know, Dune, which we've already seen. And, but it's, it's
0: gets you exactly where your focus needs to be. And I, I it's a highly polished movie. Agree. It's fun because you get the wide-angle lenses, the cinematography. You get you get the pullback, you know, showy shots where, you know, the, the, the kid and the father, they're walking through the field, and you're just going, oh, I mm. mean, it's just, you get those adorable shots. You get the beautiful right. shots in the party scenes that we've seen. Everlasting love, the dancing in the street. You get the big riots in wide shot and in close-up. And you also get, like, just in walking around the dinner table – the low angle stuff, it's constantly low angle, whether it's the teacher or whether it's the uh, looking up at the parents because you're in that POV right. of Buddy, of Little Kenny. So cinematography, Harris Zamb- uh, Zambarlukos, excuse me, he's worked with uh, Kenneth Brennan on a lot of his stuff, Cinderella, Murder on the Orient Express, also Mamma Mia, but uh, without Brennan. But third on Next Best Picture, cinematography, fourth variety, Gold Derby Awards watch. It's in fives, but it could get bumped. I've heard a lot of people talking about the cinematography like it could get vote sharing with these other black and white films. Come on, come on, maybe on the outside looking in. But certainly the big contender it's got to go against is the tragedy of Macbeth, which is probably more of an obvious nom, I would say.
1: Yeah, and we've we've hinted at that for the last couple of months, too, that black and white cannibalism that might happen between these movies or the black and white fatigue that could occur. Uh, I think that's a very real thing that we might want to keep an eye on.
0: So audio wise, this is. Top everybody's lists in Best Sound Design, Michael, we have re-recording mixer Niv Adiri, Oscar winner from Gravity, sound supervisor James Mather, primetime Emmy wither, winner of uh, The Life and Death of Peter Sellers. We have Best Sound Design, third on Variety's Award Circuit, fourth on Nespex Picture, fifth on Gold Derby. That was much higher than I expected it to be, but I guess when you think back to similar films... Roma, being an obvious example, that was, in fact, nominated in 2018-19 for sound editing and sound mix- mixing there. Uh, it makes some sense, right?
1: So, I think sound and an original song, you'd already hit on the uh, the Van Morrison song that's kind of had some success already. I, again, I don't think they're spectacular, especially song, because it's such a loaded year. This might be like an all-timer year in terms of A-list talent that could be performing on the Academy stage for original song, and the Academy badly needs as many A-listers to play live as they can if they care about ratings. Not just
0: Grammy level, but like Super Bowl headlining, halftime headlining
1: level. And we know the Academy does care deeply about their ratings, so... Uh, I think sound and song, while I don't think they're, you know, blowing me away, they could be shows of strength that this is the juggernaut, the nomination juggernaut that this is. I can absolutely see the chances for this winning Best Picture bringing up a couple of those categories like sound design, like original song, and bringing them into the Oscars field as well. I don't think they're, again, I don't think those two are slam dunk every year nominations, uh, but I can
0: see them being there, certainly would not shock me at all. Down to Joy is quite the credit song from Van Morrison. I, I can't find it anywhere right now, but I remember, you know, sticking around for it mm-hmm. every viewing I had because it's, it really is a good song, and, and it, it's worth the wait. So, a tremendous song from Van Morrison. He's got eight of his classics in this movie, a couple of which I fought, fell in love with that I never really knew, uh, and The Healing Has Begun and Stranded, and then, of course, a lot of his bangers, a lot of his hit, hits uh, throughout his career. Yeah, fourth on Next Best Picture, the original song, fifth with Clayton and Feinberg and Anderson. It is in People's f- Fives. You know, it's got to get shortlisted first. Michael, let's uh, move on to the some of the craft's production design. Obviously, they're they're in Belfast. They're creating these sets. Production design is third on Variety's award circuit. Seventh on Awards Wath H, eighth Next, next Best Picture, tenth on Gold Derby. You got production designer Jim Clay, set decorator Claire Nia Richardson, supervising art director Dominic Masters. All have been nominated with the guilds or in uh, Clay's... Since the Baftas before, It's really felt like an old
1: school movie with the production design for me. Kind of, it really felt like a stage play, and I would argue this felt more like a chamber piece than actual chamber pieces like Ma Rainey's Black Bottom from last year, which I think is a compliment to both both movies. I think it's a compliment to how Ma Rainey's was able to make their stage play feel like a bigger world, and I think it was it's a compliment to Belfast for how to make this you know sprawling civil war feel like it's contained to one block because it's coming out of the
0: child's POV. Uh, I,
1: I I really was
0: impressed by that costumes are also in the mix i would say they're kind of outside people's fives sixth on award circuit ninth on awards watch 13th on gold derby charlotte walter bafta's uh bafta winner uh BFA winner uh she's there makeup and hairstyling outside looking at 23rd on award circuit vfx 21st but all right so let's let's wrap up on oscar Lenz's overlong non-spoiler section picture this is getting nominated yeah D- director it's he's first on probably a lot of people's yep. lists, most people's list original screenplay and when you're high on those lists you're probably going to get coattail nominations as as we've seen now where do they come from but we'll, we'll talk about it supporting actress katrina balfe is probably the 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 most likely actress like, likely of the cast nominated right now i would say she's Kieran Hines is maybe next, but you could make the argument for Jamie Dornan as well. Sound design, editing. Let's just say those seven are very strong. Then you get to like the next tier, and I would say original song, cinematography, and then the two other supporting roles, maybe one out of the two, but Jamie Dornan's probably stronger. Judy Dench is next level with costumes, maybe in production design. So seven, likely, Mike. Then you have three that are, yeah, probably 50 50 and then you got chances for another three or four so that's 9.5 over under does that sound right to you so yeah nine and a half is a good number i was
1: thinking more like seven and a half eight and a half at this point if you're saying any of those numbers though i think you're kind of predicting this may be in the lead for noms overall
0: don't push me in the deep end of the
1: pool just no I, i i agree with you well that's i mean how many how many films do we have that that break that get near double digits every year
0: for nominations i just i just don't know if we kn- we understand who the big 10 nomination film is i mean in the past and we i think that might be we, part we don't of always the, have the
1: prematurity of everyone celebrating this as like a surefire oscar lock in all these categories because it has the benefit of being
0: kind of the first of the highly anticipated movies that hit the public Right, but w- w- let's say another thing. Like, the movie that gets the most noms doesn't always get the most wins or doesn't get always always get o- all the high-profile wins. I mean, we've seen The Irishman, we've seen The Favorite, we've seen... Joker, yep. Yeah, these movies with the high nomination mark not necessarily be the contenders in, you know, the big picture director screenplay categories. And I yet. have... Uh, or I of, have of
1: criticisms late. about some of that. I just i I don't think I'm wrong. I don't understand. I'm in the minority. It's fine. You could yell at me, call me names. I'm used to it, but I just don't understand how this is going to be in the top five of all these categories. But well,
0: that's the thing. You're getting you're getting technical. Whereas I think a lot of people are getting swept up with their feelings. I agree, and I view this movie in a sentimental. Way. And I, I wonder I don't... if that
1: feeling is going to be enough to maintain the momentum for this
0: through nominations. Right. But here's the thing. I I studied yep. this movie three times, and I don't back off of, like, I'm choking back tears three mm-hmm. viewings, mm-hmm. three in a row. And I'm sitting there just, this is wonderful, <laughs> and I'm so nostalgic about a time I never even knew. And, I long for that uh, but experience. I, I hope I wish you had it. That's why I, I'm really surprised. But like, look, all right, to to get kind of and, and step back, I could see this movie having some downside as an Oscar's contender. Did it play well enough in theaters? No. I mean that two million is or that one point seven million mm-hmm. is nice, but people gotta see it. Like we've seen Best Picture winners do well at the box office, do better than this. And we don't know what Nomadland did last year, but that's kind of an exception year, right? Uh, Does the older age bracket watch this on the Academy streaming program? Uh, Did they go to the Film Festers like it seemed that the younger audience was able to do and the younger punditry was able to do and embrace this past season because Belfast played at every single festival. So that typically says nomination monster that doesn't necessarily make it a a big winner i'm torn i'm torn between seven and a half i'm torn between
1: seven and a half and eight as the uh what i want to put for the over under but either way i mean if you're that high it's it's you're saying it's going to be a a huge a, a widely nominated movie
0: it's going to be yeah. a major player because picture, director, and original screenplay are right. probably shoeins, right? right? I mean, that's the thing, and we have all these actors in play. You have potentially and five a picture five and director are there, you pro- and
1: screenplay are there. You're probably getting editing, which you know that's that's so that's four, which means it's going to be if you're getting picture, director editing and screenplay that means it's going to be a top contender for a best picture that means it's probably going to have because of oscars puzzle theory it's going to have coattails like you said so yeah it's it's probably shaping up regardless of whether or not the strength of it can have it win a lot of these categories uh it's probably going to be a, a heavily nominated movie i agree
0: to bring back a phrase that made no sense then <laughs> and it makes very little sense now it's quacking like an oscar duck Like a big, fat, quacking Irish Oscar. All
1: right, I'm going to tear this thing a new asshole. (laughs) Spoilers ahead. This is a spoiler warning. Spoilers.
0: Oscar! Oscar Sprint!
1: Spoilers! This is the spoiler section for the movie Belfast, brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar, the Oscars profile episode. If you've not seen the movie yet, this is a good place for you to hit pause. Go check it out at your local theater, where we're here waiting for you when you come back to hit play on us. If you've seen Belfast already, or if you're just curious to hear our thoughts, or if we've hyped up the spoiler section for you so much that you cannot possibly go another minute without hearing what we have to say, this is where you want to be. All spoilers
0: for Belfast. The Oscars Profile episode
1: brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar.
0: All right. I wanted to start with the immediate carryover that this is Kenneth Branagh's biography. This is a true story based on a true story. Much of it seems to be ripped from his own personal experience. He talks about the lockdown. He talks about the riots in almost every interview. He does back when he was eight and nine years old, and his family did indeed leave the Belfast. When he was nine, and moved to England with his father, who was a plumber, a joiner. He ran. He eventually ran a company that specialized in fitting partitions and suspended ceilings. And you know, so he moved from Tigers Bay in Belfast, where he was educated at Grove Primary School. Thank you, Wikipedia, to Reading uh, in Berkshire, England, to escape the trouble So the history is pretty important to the story as well, Michael. Now. You and I are ignorant of this history. We, mm-hmm. you know, we, we kind of had to look it up and remember other movies, whether it's Michael Collins in the 1920s to 40s and that Liam Neeson movie that I, I really enjoyed from, I believe it was Neil Jordan, to The Wind That Shakes the Barley, Cillian Murphy there. I mean, the Republic of Ireland wasn't one. That revolution went from 1919 to 1949. And Northern Ireland has its own unique history to where they had... You know, a lot of civil unrest based on that Republic of Ireland revolution where, yes, it was characterized as Catholics versus Protestants. But most historians who talk about the factions in Northern Ireland during the late 60s, early 70s, it is from the the view of those who wanted to break from Great Britain and those who wanted to stay. So the Protestants were essentially loyalists and the Catholics were unionists. The Catholics wanted to reunite Ireland and break with it. That's, again, my my ignorant, cursory research to this. Well,
1: it's a big point, though, too, in the viewing experience, because if you don't come in with that even that in-depth of a knowledge of what happens, the movie really doesn't provide it for you, which I think is one of my criticisms, is that I didn't understand. I mean, I knew about the Troubles, and I knew the... the, the uh, tension right. between Ireland and Great Britain, and with the Irish Civil War, and you get I, some allusions like you Michael Malone. But that's all you really. Get. I didn't. Yeah. I thought the
0: dramatic tension was basically non-existent. Well, that's what I don't understand, though, because you do know that Great Britain kind of despised the Irish yes. in the 1969. Like, like if they went over to to Britain, there's a lot of racism there, and it does play out. In Kenneth Branagh's biography, like he was bullied so severely that he had but to actually go to class. But none of that is present
1: within the film. Well, you no, know, they like, talk
0: about it. They do talk about it. Kieran Hines talks about when be, he was yeah, a coal it'd miner. Be a place, he had to do you, a different accent. You. yeah, you're right. They, but there's it's everybody's not a main worried about focal point. And they and Katrina Balfe and and the big scene where she's like, not only do we have a village to raise our child here, where everybody knows us and loves us and respects us, even if we don't like them, they right. they will take care of our kids in this tight-knit community which which is kind of ironic except your community is being
1: torn apart
0: yeah like you don't really have a choice at that point well that's what she has to realize she doesn't realize so that. where's the tension the tension is her coming to grips with the fact that her but it's village a is disjointed well that's the, that's where we kind of debate uh, i think in this spoiler section whereas i I kind of think this is a movie about an inevitable decision, but it's about a stubborn character, a willful character. This is about Katrina Balf changing her mind. And this to is me, about- I,
1: I don't disagree with you, but to me, and then this, I'm just trying to explain where I have issues with this. Is that if you're going to give me the sugar-coated version of this, because I'm in the child's POV, and further, not even highlight what I mean. You you mention it, but I would argue it's not a focal point of the film. You. you the background and the issues that come up with the tension that would be brought with you moving to me. I just, I don't see what the issue is. Like if you're, if I'm seeing this through little buddies, POV, there's
0: no decision to be made. You You have to believe they have to go. And I agree with you. I, I think Jamie Dorman Dornan is resolute from the jump. I think Kieran Hines understands it from the jump. I think even at the end you know judy dench understands it completely like she is saying go literally right. at the end of the movie the the two people that have to be convinced are buddy who is flourishing uh, but it th- and again, to me, I'm, you're, I mean, you're, I'm and, sorry,
1: and you're nine mom. years old. You don't get to make that decision. No, but his
0: mom is the one who's flourishing, who loves right. it there, who, right. who's... I mean, their very relationship, the mother and father, she references the fact that it's because they played in the street together as toddlers that Agreed. they're married to this Agreed. day. And I just don't think that was hammered enough. I, I don't think that was brought up enough to, to invest me. Well, the, the the whole conflict of this movie at least thematic, like, let's forget everything else. Again, I, ta- I referenced it in the non-spoiler section is you have these bipolar scenes edited together. Mm-hmm. You have a scene of terrifying civil unrest it's seen through a child's eyes, which makes it even more uh, ominous and menacing mm-hmm. and, and scary. And you're, you're worried about these vulnerable people getting hit with a brick or blown up, which is the reality of that situation which is making your decision-making here, looking from an outsider's perspective like we all are, so clear to you. But, but-, but and I, I do bring my real life with it too because like it,
1: I, I'm I'm empathetic to immigrants in current day that do the same thing, like that come try to come to America to escape their home. Like, of course, go. You have to try to make a better life for your family. And the even the tension of, I don't know what I'm going to do, I don't know where I'm going to go, is kind of erased because Jamie Dornan's character has it set up for them in England? Like, his company is willing to house them. It's willing to provide, basically, housing that they can eventually own themselves. I I, I just... There was no... It seems so obvious to me, other than the fact that this is their homeland, and obviously nobody likes to leave their homeland, and that is, in and of itself, sad. But because we were seeing it through Buddy's POV, I didn't get enough depression. I didn't get enough conflict in
0: it. You and I haven't had to live through a, a war zone. You and I no. haven't had to live through... A situation where our community hated us. I just think that is a reality for a lot more people on this planet. And I think it was a reality back then. This was not a new conflict in 1969 in Belfast. This was something that built for years. So again, the historical context is so important. Katrina Balfe's character, the Branoff family, had been dealing with this mounting antagonism for years and they, he's also working in london so he understands the levels of racism and he understands right. the decisions that his family's gonna have to to face he his wife tells him at the end but he knows this he knows i guess i wanted Sydney, my hand held more than is what i'm saying
1: like well, I, I i don't disagree with anything you're saying i really I mean, don't
0: i they, they the people in great britain have been war- number one they had they're sending their sons especially in london they're sending their sons to die in Ireland from 1920 to 1950. And then they're sending their sons as, you know, essentially a military occupation in Northern Ireland for the rest of that time. I know the troubles, they had a an increased presence because it is a police state at that time. So it just exacerbated, you know, this is, this is a situation where if they go to England, it, it's actually even worse than if they went to Sydney or Vancouver, right. which is like they said, the moon. And she's she's been flourishing in this community for so long that she's looking at the alternatives traveling a world away. And she can't break from her family. She can't break from her. We we see her sister and and brother. I don't know if she's sister in law or that's her real look like her real sister in the movie. She doesn't have parents that we know of, but his parents, obviously, they're very close with his parents. They don't want to leave them if they go to Vancouver and Sydney they won't be in any contact with them. They can't afford the phone calls. They can't afford the, the visits. If they go to London at the end of the movie, they could come back and visit theoretically. I don't know what happened, what they did. But like I, I was starting to say, Kenneth Branagh was so severely bullied that that when he went over there, when he's in a uh, London school, that he had to take speech lessons to get rid of his accent, which was a program for Irish kids in okay. London. So I there's it's inarguable
1: that the context of history and biographical history, specifically with Branagh, also enriches the viewing experience. But it's of also this movie.
0: stated in the text, Mike. It's stated it's in not, the text, but it's not illusionary. It was yeah, it's it's it's
1: alluded to. It's not a main focal. I wish the movie was about that tension, was about that drama, because it's the same issue I had with the Green Knight. Essentially, like if I have to come in, if I have to do homework that on top of what you're showing me, I can only judge the
0: movie by what you're showing me. I just think it's unique to have a film with such stark juxtapositions where you have the kids so happy. You have the parents dancing in the street in one scene, and you have them literally warring in the street in another. And I just thought it, it blends together somehow. And you're not and, al-
1: I mean, clearly you're not alive. This, is, this right. is beloved. So I, I get it. I, 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 it works for a lot of people. I wish it worked more for me and maybe that's my stupidity.
0: So, we disagree on the arc, though. I mean, we disagree on the structural cinematic arc of the storyline, and and I I don't think you're alone. Like, Josh Parnum on Next Best Picture, he didn't necessarily get it. He agrees with you uh, as well, and I think there are people out there. Like, you're not on the island with just you and Ryan L. Terry. Uh, Parasite, Parasite <laughs> Island, this is not necessarily... Well, can I talk about
1: Parasite, though, as,
0: <laughs> as, as another uh, WTF from this movie? Well, I think. Are you going towards an end scene that didn't yes. work for you? Yeah, yes. I, I think that's similar. Well, don't don't spoil Parasite for people, even though they probably. Well, I'm I've not, not going to spoil. But, I, well, I'm yeah. not going to spoil the misery that was
1: not. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to spoil Parasite, but Parasite does this thing to me again, being in the minority, where I thought the screenplay established these characters in such a way that. The decision they have them make at the end was more for shock value than it was a natural conclusion, a natural arc to these characters' story. I thought it was character assassination at the behest of wanting to
0: amplify the ending, give you a more memorable ending. Well, are you talking about the captions now and leaving Judy Dench there? Is that where you're going? Yes. Or are you going and with, I, and okay.
1: what happened in this movie is if you're going to establish this family as it's it's this idyllic family in the face of all that's going on around them and it's incredibly tight-knit and all they do is seemingly spend time with one another and they live and breathe to give each other one-liners of wisdom and everyone is giving everyone advice throughout this movie and the institution of doing the right thing is so ingrained in these characters that the mother forces Buddy to return a box of detergent during the riot in the, you know, the climax of this movie. They're principled, yeah. I agree. You're telling me that that family... Would take no for an answer and just let the matriarch, the newly widowed matriarch of the family, stay alone in the middle, the hotbed central of the current civil war? It doesn't make any sense. And I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I think you either need to not include that, change the ending and write it so grandma comes with the family, or again, you have to show a more well-rounded vision of this family to me to make it believable.
0: So, it's coming from the child's perspective again. I have to keep mentioning that. Mm-hmm. And the child is, is crying I, out. I know where
1: you're going. It makes point. He's makes crying
0: sense. out to his grandparents at every turn. Grandma, I want you to come. Don't you mm-hmm. Hey, don't you want to travel like you you said, you just said you you want to, you know, you wanted to step into the movies on the bus right you wanted to step into the movie screen you thought it you know you just said that so why don't you don't you want to travel to shangri-la someday and she looks into the window and goes ha, and there's your oscar judy dench but no i mean the <laughs> grandfather he's lit he's talking to the grandfather and he's like i want you to come with me now the grandfather has the news of his diagnosis mm-hmm. hanging on. it's very that's where i think kieran hines's acting really comes through i mean he's pained Every time, and the, the, he the son reveals. Not, he knows he's not leaving. Well, the son confirms what he's probably thinking that the right. father is eventually going to say. Like, his son is going to bring uproot their family and move away, and that breaks his heart. And yet he's putting on such a brave face right. for his grandson. And you could see in a flicker of his eye, you could see him getting serious and being surprised. And still, he steals a cheery front to his grandson not only that but he's a the deep thinker and he gives his son all of these platitudes all of this wisdom and one of the best scenes of the movie at the hospital you'll always be buddy from belfast i mean i mm-hmm. just thought that's the height of strength you'll always be from here you'll, you'll always have, have home yeah. and you that thought will keep you happy that thought will keep you being uh, from being depressed no you know, matter Irish what you're about to is starting through. to come through yeah, so yours, I, I,
1: yours, Mike. You're also Mike. Irish brogue is starting to come through as you
0: spoke. <laughs> in my history, I can't help it, and I'm much more of a poser than even Kenneth Branagh. And it, if it did come through, then and that's why. But I like so those scenes to me. Uh, however inevitable the decision at the at the the beginning of this film is, or however obvious what they should do is. I just have experiences my, in my own life where you know I just watched my parents deal with both of my grandparents who were matriarchs and patriarchs of the family over the last 10 years. I was a caregiver for my grandpa for a while uh, out of college, and I watched how difficult it was for all of his sons, his three sons, my uncles and my dad, to get him to do what they wanted him to do, and he would not uh, to his Die day he stayed in his own home I had to care for him for a couple of years in mm-hmm. fact on a daily basis and I watched my grandmother who was in charge of that family who was the matriarch of my mother's side of the family really call the shots long after she probably should have been calling the shots as much as my parents and much as my mom would not like to but I mean, she was in charge she had I, to I be can I can kicking, totally relate
1: I can totally relate I I just again I mean you're basically Sentencing the
0: matriarch to death if she stays in my. This is how I interpret it. Well, I I disagree in the sense that this was a community that looked after her. I think she had a huge turnout for the wake and the funeral. She had, but the community is torn apart daily. We don't know the degree to which she was specifically vulnerable. I mean, she can't walk up the stairs at the end of a long night, which is to again. I agree with you. I agree with you that she shouldn't be left alone. But I also know that, you know, I think there's just like old, old stubborn person, people. Old have,
1: person stubbornness, I think, wanes in when the alternative is living in the middle of a civil war. I, again, and these are these, it's a threshold
0: issue, so it's totally subjective, and it's 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 you know, different it's than my just personal thing. Yeah, it's different than just a wobbly old person still living in her house when she probably should be in she she should. I mean, she can't even go
1: to the you know she can't even go to the store anymore because the store doesn't exist.
0: So how's she going to sustain herself? You know, like it's just these. Uh, the community is pulling itself back up throughout the movie. I mean, the day after the the first riot, they're all you know they're they're b- rebuilding things the way they have to be. I mean, there's a military presence, so it's not like she's literally. Uh, in an area where they're targeting her like the family's being targeted that's the problem like right. they had to leave on a moment's <laughs> right. notice right. like right
1: so and you have the the antagonist of this they have to leave uh thank you for bringing this up because i almost forgot it they have to leave because they're they fear retaliation right. and it's, it's retaliation- bigger than the
0: bully it's bigger than the one bully but it's but that mom. one
1: bully who's the face of the retaliation.
0: Yeah, anyway, but the that much he doesn't care about the one bully. So if you're gonna, I, you're no, gonna, I
1: get that. But he's already threatened to have the son killed. Like, right, but he we- basically
0: tells the one bullies like, "Look, I kicked your ass back at school. You you don't scare me. You're a thug. Go f yourself. I'm not afraid of you." But he realizes at the end, and more importantly, the wife realizes at the end. Uh, Katrina Balf realizes at the end that. Not This movement is taking away my agency as a parent. Here I am making this grand statement. You bring back this thing. And I'm humiliated in that moment. I catch a glimpse of myself in uh, a reflection of myself in the window where this punk told me that I can't parent my my kids. And then I'm in this. Hokie western high noon standoff which i just ab. this is my the one scene that takes like four points off of my grade at the end of the day like Not this would have been an a movie either. for me instead it goes way down Not because of that stupid does. scene why don't the cops
1: just intervene <laughs>
0: This this one guy well they don't even <laughs> see his gun at that moment but he's got a hostage situation but they, they that have just to see it they're on so either contrived. side of him. all right but they see that scene is so contrived yeah it is where you have this tall tale thing, where the father throws a baseball and knocks the thing off the apple off the son's head. All right, fine, you foreshadowed it, technically speaking, but you're telling me you're gonna—he's gonna drop his elbow like that and throw a hunk of sidewalk. It's not even a full <laughs> brick; it's a hunk of somebody's, you know, out, exterior to their garden that he grabs and catches and then throws with pinpoint accuracy 50 yards away to hit a gun that's about to fire off of this guy. At the right gets, exact right moment. you're gets signed by the New York Giants. You're joking me. You're joking me, <laughs> you jokester. It's no, complete bullshit. I'm with you. I'm with you. I That was not. scene, I hated that scene. And plus, I hated, like, why did he have to be the hero? Why did the father have to be the hero? The mother should have rose up and been the hero in that scene, but she's humiliated in the scene instead. And why does she have to be humiliated into moving? I don't know what the reality is and what Kenneth Branagh remembers about his situation there. But that does, I mean, in the context of the movie, that, that structurally doesn't quite work for me. I, I get why they went there. You've got to coalesce these things and culminate them in the script. That's the, probably he would even admit, that's the artistic license of the film where he coalesced to that particular scene, which he, he kind of hints at, obviously, it's more than hints at. I mean, he telegraphs it with the High Noon, with the man who shot Liberty Valance. The problem with those comparisons is that I thought Katrina Bouth was John Wayne. Katrina Bouth mm. was Gary Cooper, and right. Jamie Dornan was the one speaking against those whole, you know, hard-earned Western archetypes. Jamie Dornan was Grace Kelly. Jamie Dornan was Jimmy Stewart, and those. To respective films so why does jamie Dornan get the gunslinger moment why doesn't that katrina bouth again that makes no sense to me if you're talking about parallels and you're talking and if about you can symmetry. rewrite that history through buddy's pov why can't you rewrite like mike if
1: somebody threatened your mother in the middle of a civil war and you moved because of the civil war would you leave your grandmother behind <laughs> like i don't I, it
0: just I well, I mean, it's the unwritten rule—they're not going to attack the families, gangsters. Even I don't know. I just already, maybe I'm stretching. He already
1: said they, he was going. to. He pulled a gun on Buddy almost, but like, he's I, not
0: attacking the grandmother, the beloved matriarch of the neighborhood. For Christ's sake, they're—they're they're not targeting the grandmother, is what I'm saying. I don't think you can make that stretch. I don't think anybody would, even—even even Billy Clanton, who's named I after. I wouldn't take that chance, but I don't know. I don't no, know. I agree. I agree. Well, she should leave, but I think it's very clear that she's going to drive the bus. She is in charge. She's in charge of her husband. She's in charge of her son. Judy Dench is in charge. Even you know to the point where she's gonna if she's gonna hold out. I, you know, it's wrong. She shouldn't. She should go, but she's gonna hold out. And I think that's a case of a lot of stubborn old people. Maybe that will be the case of you and I when we're stubborn and old. I don't know. I, I
1: just I don't think you're I just a know and we
0: like, are stubborn I, I, right now like we should release the website like the, the these decisions that fly against <laughs> rationality are decisions you and I make probably in 10 but different at some, versions of our lives Never and mind. I don't mean
1: I don't mean to keep like being butt butt butt. but at some point it doesn't become your decision anymore like I would I'm thinking back to my parents and like my grandparents too if there was like something that my grandfather needed to do yes he was stubborn and old and he refused to do it but if it push came to shove if his life was on the line my Man. father- my father was I, like, look, you're doing this took, now.
0: It took major problems in their health, at least for my family, to get their will done in, in terms of both. Well, burning my... down your house may be a major problem to your health, I would argue. The, the house was not burned down. My that God. could happen to this it grandma. Could, I you know, know like... it could happen. It Maybe it did. I don't know what happened with uh, the Branagh grandma Granny, I don't know what happened. I just maybe don't she know,
1: did. Yeah, I, and it's it's for these reasons. I just I didn't connect throughout this movie, and I wanted to, and I wish I did, and I'm glad you have, and I'm glad so many other people have, and uh, maybe it's just because I have a, a different upbringing in terms of I don't know the, the
0: <laughs> selfishness, I guess. No, it's <laughs> not selfishness. You're looking out for the character, and, and you disagree with the decisions the characters make. But I think that's that's kind of the point of the film. And the the stubbornness of those who stayed, and but but it's also a reality that many people live in. I mean, our black community now lives through uh, and, and has lived through terrible circumstances in the in the country for years, and they've soldiered on and stayed in their homes and stayed in their communities, and. Have, and they have sucked it up more than we ever could imagine. They also, like we a
1: lot of those people are, don't have anywhere else to go, and this family does, and not only do they, but the, all they would have to do is what they've been doing the entire time because we know Jamie Dornan can provide for the well, grandmother. I look,
0: at, again, I don't want to be presumptuous. I, every situation is different, but in this specific case, they could have gone to Vancouver or Sydney, and she didn't want to go to Vancouver yeah. or Sydney, and then at the end of I the know, movie London becomes beating available. I know. But the end of the movie, London becomes available. It wasn't like London was the option from the jump. London was the option at the end, and they're still going into a, a haven where their kids are going to be hated, and, and there's going to be a lot of racism. Right. So, again, it's not an ideal situation. So it, it it's, it's kind of tough to – and it's jarring to deal with when you have the soundtrack of every waspy wedding that we've ever went, attended in our lives with van morrison and you have such joyful scenes of coming of age with buddy and you have dancing in the street and you like that's the thing like that's why this movie is so deliciously sugar-coated to me and it just worked on me because it's from the pov of the child like if this was a pov of the adults I think you might get all of those arguments. You might get this entire family arguing with each other throughout. And that, but-
1: that to me, would bring the heft worthy of a best – I mean, that kind of – that would be a, a best picture worthy contender, I feel like. I feel like if you're going to have the idyllic – if you're going to sugarcoat it, then – sugarcoat everything which they didn't do anyway which yeah, I, guess even I just think it is in me.
0: the subtext though and, and maybe that that didn't work on you so. yeah
1: it could be i wasn't i wasn't i wasn't prepared enough for the subtext that's entirely
0: possible i think that's all in the subtext And I, I do think it's in the script it's just you know when you're dealing with the child's perspective it doesn't like it comes out of the child's mouth as the movie goes along like his big explosion which was just brilliant acting by the kid yeah, I and mean, they, they they actually had I mean, Kenneth Branagh listen to him talking about it uh where they actually had the actors improvise what the scene should be before Kenneth Branagh wrote the scene where the parents told the kid he had to move away to where <laughs> you know you were texting me it was one of the scenes you 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 couldn't get on board with mhm at all, because Katrina Bouth had kind of agreed to leave, and then she actually goes back on her word, right. and they didn't leave. It took months for them to leave again, because the son, who had the same feelings as the as the mother, blew up in that moment. But it's one of the best acted scenes in the movie, where they're just trying to plead with the son. And then she's like, no, we're just taking your temperature. Essentially. And the problem I had with that is that if it's truly life and death, it doesn't matter how much the kid complains. You got to get out of there. It's a, it's a, it's a question mark. I think for the family, they're arguing to the end, like, no, the the town looks out for us. Nobody's going to target our kids until the kids are caught up indirectly where the idiot cousin is dragging the, nine-year-old son into the riot march and into the supermarket that's being looted and in to the point where the mother is just... In, I mean, she's got that Irish temper. She's going, seeing red, to the point where she doesn't even realize what she's doing. Yeah, by the way, she's like just the end, keep she's like, the fucking detergent. What the hell am I doing? <laughs> oh, that's what she said. But she admits how stubborn she was. It's about a stubborn character. It's about an unmoving character. And she admits how stubborn she was at the end. So that's why I don't know. No, I mean, you're, you're not wrong. It's just it's a
1: connection issue. Like I said, it's a threshold issue and it just didn't meet it for me. That's all, that's all it is. I just, you know, again, if you're if your options are or if your options are live or die, I think it's been pretty well established throughout cinematic history that the protagonist is going to choose life.
0: So I don't understand where the tension is otherwise. Like just, But it's just not go. it's not necessarily fight or flight until act three. That's what I'm saying. I, I think in terms I don't, no, you're of the right, script. You're right. It's
1: just that the getting there didn't work for me. That's all it is. That's what it comes down to, essentially. And I, again, like it, it did for so many people. And that's why this is going to be taken so seriously as a wire to wire best picture leader, I think.
0: I was talking over you before. I don't know if you're going to edit that out or not, but but I was go- starting to say, what if you watch this entire movie while sipping Guinness, which I did before <laughs> and after almost. Well, the last two viewings, I mean, I've been on a Guinness kick. It's been just, just brilliant corned beef. <laughs> corn beef yeah, I mean I, that adds to it, maybe I'm biased, maybe I'm like a lot of people out there, so this I, in terms of a grade, this is gonna be you know b plus eighty nine ninety a minus I've been going back and forth it's It's a top five movie of the year for me right now. I don't know where it'll land. We'll have to discuss and debate it throughout the rest and I, this is probably a movie where you know i know we rewatch a lot of these films uh when we do our car- category overviews mm-hmm. this is going to be an unmistakable rewatch for both of us right and so I mean, you're going to have to you're going to be forced to rewatch this yeah. one and to kind of compare it, and contrast
1: look i mean last year i wasn't crazy about sound of metal and then it took me on a rewatch and i was like oh okay i get it so that's certainly possible i right now i have a b minus on it it's like 81 82 i just again it didn't the subtext didn't connect for me the tension didn't connect for me but it's a pleasant movie regardless of any of that anyway it's just i mean the irish funeral at the
0: end the dancing they're all lip syncing they're all having i mean that is so it's far and away the most charming movie i've seen this year that is so wonderful i mean the dancing i mean the highs of this movie just in terms of sheer celebration are joyous so yeah. if you can embrace that much and you just seem to have done so. Um I mean I yeah, think it's I, a contender even still, even the way yeah. I view it. I think it's a contender in a couple big categories, so So let's get you know, it. drink some more Guinness and listen <laughs> to some more Van Morrison. <laughs> you know, don't listen to his uh views on COVID, I would say. I think we both agree with that much. Right. my yeah. anything, but as That Oscar, may but, may inhibit the Oscar's likelihood
1: as well by the way. Of, Perhaps in that, that category. That, so
0: maybe, well, yeah. that's the thing. Like you have some uh, like this is also Yes, I think if you understand the subtext this makes sense historically, but like on its surface like this movie can also be very misinterpreted. Let's be honest. Like if sure. you you have you have the opposite like we've lionized some of the civil unrest for great reason for righteous reasons over the past 2 years in 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 our country here. Yeah. And we're on the side of the people protesting and demonstrating and black lives do matter and we're on their side. And no, 100%. I mean like President Obama said, We we're not for the looting or the rioting or the right. violence. We're not for that whatsoever. Right. But we, we we understand why it's happening, but at the same time, you know, we're not for it. But this is seen from this could be seen like we could see white people looking at this and say, Yeah, don't fucking riot at all. You're an asshole for rioting. And it's seen from the opposite perspective here. Which ironically, when you look at that conflict, makes no sense because the Catholics are being booted out by the unionists who and the Catholics want the war and the Unionists do not. So they're actually, this is just blows my mind, they're rioting to be peaceful.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: <laughs> After a civil war of 30 years.
1: Uh, better movie or worse movie if the ending was just the Green
0: Knight coming in and slaying everyone. <laughs> <laughs> which is not a spoiler for the green knight folks <laughs> but where what What did, did you say a grade? like what is yeah no i, I said be my i okay. said 81 82 yeah. b minus okay. i
1: mean i still i think it's a worthy contender in a couple categories i don't see it as maybe the subtext completely escaped me i'm usually one that revels and loves
0: lives in subtext all I right just so yeah think you think don't hate this movie b- no minus not at all a good grade I, it's, from you look
1: i said you it's, miserable it's,
0: bastard it's, 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 <laughs> The most far and away the most charming movie we've had probably in a couple of years to be honest jesus all of that all of that antagonism for a b minus yeah how dare you because a b
1: minus doth not an oscars frontrunner make
0: well you answered my thesis question i guess <laughs> <laughs> you don't think it's a best picture worthy or an oscar worthy film i got you've been saying it throughout i just yeah you could you know like it more, just you know, admit it's the shape the like of water this. all over again. <laughs> it's Green Book all over again. These
1: are, by the way, at Parasite all over again. This is how I know this is going to win Best Picture. It's the really? exact same as all of these. But, I'm, not,
0: uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not so sure though. I, I think this year we've had kind of an absence of Oscar feeling to a lot of these movies, and this one I agree. harkens back to a lot of Oscar type. Films, Oscar-nominated films. I'm not saying it it should win or it will win, and I don't. As of now, I'm hoping something else emerges as a more obvious winner. I, I, but I get why this is a crowd pleaser, and so do you, for that matter. Yeah, no,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I mean, I'm I'm heartened by the fact that there's no embargo on "Don't Look Up." As soon as that first look is going, people can tweet about it and put their thoughts up about it. That to me is a sign of strength. Tick, tick, boom has been. Beloved by people who have seen it right now and people who... I, I saw someone... We were talking before. I saw someone call it the greatest musical of all time. So, we, I mean, again, this is just the first of the highly anticipated right. awards contenders that got to the market and we're going to see the, first, the ebb and flow of it.
0: Uh, yeah, it's the first of the movies that check all the boxes. The right. film festival favorite, the right. crowd pleaser, the white people <laughs> joyous <laughs> celebration. Yeah, I mean, th- th- these are typically exalted as best picture front runners but we've also seen many best picture front runners fall back and i i would if i had to bet right now does belfast win best picture if you had to bet right now would you make that bet your life on the line absolutely not i would not i i I would say no i would say something else rises up but then again maybe it doesn't i don't know
1: better or worse movie if katrina belf took a dump in a
0: bucket (laughs) Nobody should take a dump in their bucket in their Oscar-winning movies. But but that's the kind of stuff that this movie totally avoided. So does the Academy kind of go for more of the cinematic silver screen experience here? Which is this is the typical kind of rose-colored glasses film that also has the deeper subtext. In my opinion, you don't agree with that. But I think uh, last year was the hardcore reality. We're all kind of at home. And the hardcore reality art film one that made yeah, us all sad. Does this movie, the joyous crowd pleaser with the serious backdrop? Sure. Take our hearts this year. I better,
1: see better or worse movie if Jamie Dornan had sex
0: with a fish? Uh, that, on the other hand, I might agree with you. Better movie. <laughs> Good. That then we're on the work. same that page. That could still work. <laughs> yeah, even as just in the background. That's probably like Guillermo del Toro <laughs> would have banged the table in anger. You know, Nightmare Alley. Was, is it a beast or is it a man? They're
1: at the funeral and Katrina Balfe's like dancing all fun and being playful and then just cuts to Jamie Dornan just banging <laughs> a fish.
0: The mermaid from... Uh...
1: Well, great... we ended on a Mike, Mike, and Oscar note. Pure ridiculousness. Uh, guys, as always, what matters most is your thoughts. Uh, we do want to hear from you. Have you seen Belfast? Do you plan on seeing it if either way? Are you excited for it? What do you think its Oscar's chances are? And which mic do you align yourself more with? Let us know, as well as you can leave us any other comments, questions, or concerns you have about anything we do here in the MMO Empire on our social medias. We are at Mike Mike and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter. Mike Mike and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available wherever you do here podcasts podcast and if you're listening to us on the apple podcast app if you would be so kind if you appreciate what we do to leave us a five-star review it would take about 10 seconds out of your day and make our entire day in turn michael good episode let's wrap it up with some words of wisdom and tell the good people what's coming next
0: well worse words of wisdom or you know you want a best picture nomination set your movie in 1969 yeah you there you that's, go that's pretty clear clearly wise uh for for producers out there they've been following that playbook for a while but in terms (laughs) of what's coming next we got tick tick boom i think we're gonna uh, do a whole oscars profile for tick tick boom followed by king richard followed by what we think is house of gucci i think we could kind of save the oscar race checkpointing until after that when the gothams hit uh we'll have some critics choice documentary awards i know we got camera image we got a couple of other things that are going to uh be something we want to Uh, comment on but we can we can wait a little bit we got the power of the dog in theaters this week that we'll probably review or at least right now we're trying to plan for a guest on that one for early december and then uh we have a we do have a guest for an oscar race checkpoint lined up uh after the british academy or british independent film awards so that that'll be fun
1: yeah a lot of i mean this is this is the heat of it right this is the the throes of what we've been alluding to all year long so be sure to stick with us multiple episodes a week multiple reviews we're going to try to stay on top of all the shows movies and critiques as much as anyone else can so if you need your oscars fix this is where you need to come guys when reality sucks you can come check out award season with us we are mike mike and oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness we will see you very soon
0: see ya.